they came here with a hunger and a thirst after you, oh God. We came here with a hunger and a thirst after you, oh God. We came here, Father, to hear from you, oh God. Because we know that there is a truth in your word that would change any situation or any problems that we are dealing with. And if we can just get that rhema of truth in our lives, oh God, Father, we believe that we can keep going on the path that you have laid out for us, oh God. Jehovah, we are asking, oh God, Father, for your people to be edified by your word. We are asking you, oh God, Father, to break every fallow ground in the name of Jesus. Father, we are asking you, Lord God, Father, to seal every ground. In the name of Jesus, that when the seed of God comes, uh, that it will come on good ground. That it will bear forth fruit. That the fruit will, be, will remain and that will bear forth fruit. For your glory and for your kingdom. Father, we love you so much. Have your way and let your divine will be done. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We thank God that our pastor is here. We thank God for his presence and his leadership at the Shepherd's House. We thank God for all the leaders that are here today. And we thank God for you, 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 and you. Uh, uh, Minister Eric always says that church would not be if you're not here. So we thank God for you. Amen. Amen. We are the church of God. Our topic for the series is coming. Well, our topic is the way to the truth. The way to the truth. Amen. We are going to be coming from Ephesians chapter 6.
Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. We're going to read down to I'm going to read down to 20. Yeah, we'll just read down to 20. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 20. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor. Say the whole armor. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Say stand. Stand. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickednesses in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor. Say the whole armor. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand, say stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded with the truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me that utterance, and for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Amen? Amen. Our focus verse is on, uh, on verse 14. Stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth. Stand therefore, having your loins gird about with truth. Amen? The book of Ephesians is a series of letters. Thank you. It's a series of letters um, <clears throat> that was written by Paul. Paul wrote a majority of the New Testament, as most of, as most of us know. Um, it was written. Um, it was written to. to <laughs> the devil is a liar. Mouth is all getting weird. It was written um, not to a specific church like all the other books that were written in the Bible. That one was written for, uh, for, for, for Tychus to send it to the church. Not a church, but the church. So when you're reading it, you have to kind of put yourself in there because that book was written for you and I because we are the church. Amen? He wrote that book telling us about the love of God. He started off by telling us about who we are in Christ. 
He told us that we were created by God, that he created us for a purpose. He fashioned us for a purpose and that everything that is in your life is made because he allowed it to happen for a purpose. Then he went on to talk about the grace of God. The awesome grace of God that we cannot understand. Then he talked about how we need to conduct ourselves as people of God, as children of God. Teaching us the different things that we need to focus on. How to treat our brothers and our sisters. How to treat our husbands and our wives. How to treat our bosses. He went on and on talking about different things that we need to cover ourselves with as Christians or as children of God. He went through that whole thing and then he came to chapter 6 and he said, finally, after you've done all these things, after you've believed in God, after you've believed that he saved you by grace, that it wasn't anything that you did that brought you into salvation. So you can't buy it. You can't do anything. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do to achieve it. After he said all that and he said, finally, the most important thing that I need you to know more than anything else that I have said before, the most important thing. He said, finally, I want you to be strong. So I ask, I'm like, why did he want us to be strong? I mean, he has told us so much. If you read the, the first uh, five chapters, he really talked about how awesome God is. How mighty God is. How sovereign God is. How supreme God is. And who we are. That we are complete. We are, we are uh, um, um, almost like we are hidden in him. That's the word I'm looking for. We are hidden in God. We are living in heavenly places. And we are hidden in God. So the devil can't touch you. Problems can't touch you. The enemy can't touch you. Wickedness can't touch you. Evil can't touch you. But then he said, but be strong. Why? Why did he ask us to be strong? If you know who you are in God, why do you need to be strong? I know who I am in God, so I'm already strong. That's like me telling my sister, be a lady. She's already a lady. So why is she telling us? Why is he telling them to be strong? He's telling them to be strong because a lot of the time, the enemy is fighting in the, in the unseen world against you. He is conniving. He is conniving. He is manipulating. He is watching your mannerism. Everything you're doing, he's watching. He's looking at you. He's looking at your children. He's looking at your finances. He's looking at your life, your health, your job. And he's waiting for ways to trip you up. He's watching you. But what you see is that your boss is making you mad. What you see is that your kids are getting on your nerves. What you see is that your brother or your sister is annoying you. That's what you see. He didn't ask you to be strong in yourself. He said, be strong in the Lord. And then he didn't even say be strong in the Lord. He said, be strong in the Lord and, and take on the strength of the Lord. 
Be strong in the might of the Lord, in the strength of the Lord. Not in your strength, not in your ability, not in the things that you can see, not in the things that you can fathom, not in the things that you feel, not in the things that you understand, but in the Lord. See, that's the difference in the truth. A lot of the times we have truth, what we believe, how we feel, what the situation looks like to us. But that's not what God is asking you to do. He is asking you to take the truth of the word, the rhema of the word, the truth that doesn't have any feelings attached to it. It doesn't have any pretenses attached to it. It doesn't have any connotations attached to it. It doesn't have your mindset, your circumstances, what you think about it. It doesn't have anything attached to it. It's the truth, the pure truth, nothing but the truth. He said, stand. Stand therefore. He didn't ask you to fight. He didn't ask you to shift. He didn't ask you to move. When you look up the word stand in, 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 the, in the Bible dictionary, it talks about positioning yourself. Positioning yourself. You have to stand in such a way that you are ready to fight, but not fight because the battle is not yours. He didn't ask you to fight. He said, position yourself. And the first thing he said, after I asked him about why is he asking us to, why is he asking us to be strong, then he said, also stand and don't fight. And I'm like, well, God, if I'm not fighting, then the devil is going to get me. He said, Rose, the devil it cannot get you. When you are standing and positioning yourself and you have the armor on like I told you to have it on, the devil cannot get you because he can't see you. He can't see you to get you. So then I asked the question, well, Father, why did you ask us to put on the truth first? Why the truth? Why not the sword? If I am going to fight the enemy, I need a sword. Because I'm thinking he is coming after me, so I need something to be able to wound him or kill him. And he said, I need the truth because I am the truth. I am the truth. When you put me on, everything else hangs on me. The righteousness that you're looking for hangs on me. The salvation hangs on me. You wrap the truth around your body, you wrap it Jesus on you. When you wrap Jesus on you, the devil can't see you. He can't see you. All he sees is Jesus. He can't fight Jesus. But what we see is what we see with our own eyes. It's what we see with our own mind. It's what we see with the situation that is around us. When I'm sick, what I see is my disease. What I feel is my pain. And if you've ever been in pain, it is real. It is real. And it, 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 it affects your mind. And it makes you wonder, God, are you there? Am I, am I dealing with this myself? Are you, are you, are you there? Do you see what is happening? Do you see it? And he said, Rose, put me on. Put on the armor. All of it. Start with me. Wrap me. Gird me. When you gird something, you take it. A lot of the Israelites at that time, you can hear me, right? A lot of the Israelites at that time, they wear robes. 
right? They wear robes. So when they are, sorry, Minister Carol, they wear robes. So when they are fighting, it's hard to fight with your robes on. So when he told you to gird, he wants you to take the belt, which is like um, this armor that goes around you and it falls down. He wants you to take it and wrap it in such a way that it will hold your robe up. So when it's time for you to do something, you can. When he's asking you to put on the belt of truth, he wants you to put him on in such a way that you position yourself to stand right in him. Not moving, not shifting, not turning, not look. He wants you to stand. And if you read down, after you've put on all the armor, he says, stand, watch, and what? Pray. 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 What we want to do as people of God is fight. Because that's what we see. That's what we see. What you see with your eyes, what you feel with your heart, what you feel, what you, what you, what you experience is what you want to attack. But we are not wrestling against the flesh and blood. Your brother and your sister, your children, your boss, that's not the problem. That is not the problem. There is an enemy behind there. There is an enemy. And I'm not kidding when I tell you. When the Bible says he is scheming, he is scheming every day. He doesn't let out. See, the devil is like the kind of bully that will beat you. And then while you are down and bleeding and hoping he will stop, he will still beat you. He's not trying to just wound you. He's trying to kill you. He's trying to destroy you. He's trying to steal from you. But when you have on the armor of God... When you have on the when you have Jesus wrapped around you so tight that nothing else can hold anything else in there. I'm telling you, he will fight your battle. He will fight your battle. He asked us to put on the armor of God so that we can be on the path that he we can position ourselves to the place that he has asked us to be. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. We can't come to the Father without coming through Jesus. So if Jesus is the way and he is the truth, then the only way that you can position yourself is on the path or on Jesus to Jesus. Does that make sense what I'm saying? You can't go any other way. You have to position yourself on Jesus to Jesus. He's the only one that can save you. He's the only one that can deliver you. The way to Jesus is through Jesus. The belt that you put on is through Jesus. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 59. A lot of theologians were talking about how Paul was writing about you putting on the armor of God according to the um, Roman soldiers, how they dressed up. How they dressed up when they were going to war. 
But I found something that was very interesting. God led me to something that was very interesting to me. And so I kind of wanted to, I wanted to hit on it a little bit because it made sense to me. Isaiah chapter 59. We're going to start from verse 12. It says, For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testified against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as our iniquities, and we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord, and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood. And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. It says, for truth is fallen in the streets, and, in, and equity cannot enter. It says, yes, truth faileth, and he that departed from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him, that there was no judgment. In the New Living Translation, it says, and there was no truth. It said, verse 16 said, and he saw that there was no man and warned it that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness sustained him. And verse 17, focus on that. It says, for he put on righteousness as a breastplate and helmets of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing, and was clad with zeal as a cloak. So it's according to their deeds, according, according to their deeds, accordingly, he will repay. Fury to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the islands he will repay recompense. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. So I was reading that, and, 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 and it's talking about how the Israelites were messing up, and they were doing all this uh, um, bad stuff, and, 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 and God was talking to Isaiah to tell them that, you know, I am going to put on righteousness, and I'm going to put on the helmets of salvation, I'm going to come and I'm going to destroy the enemies that is, that, is, that is causing all this havoc in the land of Judah at that time. But if you realize, he never said he was going to put on truth. Think about it for a second. He never said he was going to put on truth. Why? He is truth. The truth put on righteousness. The truth put on salvation. You can't put on righteousness. You can't put on salvation without knowing Jesus. You cannot. As a matter of fact, if you go back to the Roman times when they put on their armor to go fight, they cannot put on their belt they cannot put on their breastplate and everything else without putting on their belt. Because it was the belt that held all their weapons. It was the belt that held every weapon that they were going to use to fight. So without putting on the belt, without having the belt on, 
they can't fight. God is asking you to put on him because when you put him on, he will give you the strength that you need to overcome anything that you're dealing with. When you put him, when you put God on, when you put Jesus on and wrap him around you and compass him around you as tight as you possibly can without letting anything else waver the truth that is in him, he will give you what you need to fight the enemy. You can't do it without him. You can't do it without him. Amen? You can't do it without him. So there's one question that I want you to ask yourself. One question I want you to ask yourself. Who has the final say in your life? Because whoever has the final say in your life is the truth to which you are following. If it is not Jesus, it is something else. A lot of us think that, oh, as long as I have Jesus, any, everything else, you know, I'll do whatever else I have to do. If I have problems, I'll talk to my brother, I'll talk to my sister, I'll talk to the pastor, I'll talk to anybody else. I'll go on other places, Facebook, whatever, um, before talking to God. If God does not have the final say in your decisions, in your parenting, in your marriage, in your life, in your job, in your schooling, in everything that you do every day, every moment, that truth of God, the rhema that I'm talking about, the truth that doesn't add anything else to it, if that truth is not what you are walking on and living on and, al and, and alive in and abiding by, if that truth not what somebody else says. Not what you read in a book, but what you read in the book. If that truth is not what you're living by every day, every moment, every second, every time. If your life is not completely surrounded and encompassed. If it's not completely uh, girded with the truth. The truth of God. The truth of God. Then you are not on your way to the truth. You are not on your way to the truth. It is essential. It is amazing how many people can be in church every day. And have answered the call to salvation. And still not allowing the truth of God to guide your life. Jesus is coming very soon. No joke. Jesus is coming very soon. And he wants to take all of us home. But you have to be in a position. You have to position yourself in the place 
where you are in him and not out of him. He doesn't want to come for you exhausted because you're fighting. He doesn't want to come for you tired because you're fighting. He didn't ask us to fight. We spend all of our life fighting because that's what we see. That's how we feel. That's the situation we're dealing with. And what he, what he is saying, what he is saying is position yourself in me and I will fight for you. Position yourself in me and I will fight for you. The only way to Jesus is through Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No man can come to the Father but by him. Don't let your feelings, don't let another person, don't let your culture, don't let your comfort level determine who has the final say in your life. Let the truth of God, let the truth of God. Before he left, he prayed a prayer for all believers. And he said, Father, sanctify them with what? Thy truth. For thy word is truth. He says, sanctify them. Separate them. Let them realize. Let them realize that this life is only by me, through me, for me. Amen. All right, let us rise.